0: Hello, and welcome to episode 238 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, as ever, thank you to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. And likewise, those of you who have bought from our merch shop. You can go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, you'll find a link to a drop-down box, and all the links will be there waiting for you. Well, we've had plenty of love for the previous episode, which was... The T.S. Eliot prize-winning poet, who is also this year's curator of the Kursler Arts Exhibition at the Royal Festival Hall. I do urge you to go down and visit the exhibition, which is at the Royal Festival Hall. It's open until the 17th of December, and it is genuinely one of the most powerful exhibitions you'll probably ever attend. And if you are able to do so, there are some feedback forms that you can fill in about the artworks, and they go directly back to the artist, which is a huge boost of confidence. Everyone deserves a second chance, right? And I entered it several times myself, albeit many years ago. But anyway, to this week's artist, Jamie Jones. Jamie is another one of those artists whose popularity has skyrocketed since he first picked up a paintbrush, which was only during one of the COVID lockdowns. In this episode, Jamie talks of the challenges he faced, having that urge to create, and how he found his feet in a very small amount of time. And just as Jamie was finding his feet as an artist, him and his family Upsticks, and not only moved away from London, but out of the UK entirely. In this conversation, Jamie does mention about an upcoming exhibition that he's having in November. Well, he'd like me to tell you that that has since changed and it's now on the 16th of December. But the venue's still the same. So if you're passing, (laughs) pop in and say hello. So that said, come and hear about the short but steep journey of Mr Jamie Jones. How are you, mate? Anyway, you good?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good. It's uh, the first day we've had a bit of cool, balmy weather. We had a bit of a lightning storm this morning, so normally... I'd be sitting here pissing sweat out my face. So uh you got me on a good day.
0: And where is it exactly you are? So uh Pathos in Cyprus. Nice. Yeah. Man. And are you living there all year round?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved uh we moved over here in 2020. So kind of had enough of London life, had enough of everything that went with uh COVID, Brexit, all of that, and just decided to um to just kind of get out uh find a, a new way of life and uh be a bit more i don't know kind of focus on our own happiness a bit more i think yeah and what took you there uh it's so my um on my dad's side his his family are cypriot so um of oh, the welsh he, cypriots the joneses <laughs> uh, exactly exactly <laughs> um well it, it, it's it's a, a very long-winded story but essentially he he was born in London, but his mother was Cypriot. gave him up for birth and came back over here, so he was adopted. Yeah. So that's that's why it's a, yeah. a Jones and not um, not anything else. Yeah. Um, so a few years back, he managed to get in touch with his Cypriot side, um, and then he decided to retire here with my mum. And then um, oh, yeah, nice. as I said, with everything going on, we were just like just, uh, to my Mrs. Laura. We were just like, should we? Um, should we head over there as well and just see what happens so yeah I haven't looked back since to be honest
0: mate. It's a, a brave old move isn't it?
1: Yeah and do you know what I, I I got to a point in my life a few years ago and I was like I, I'm not going to be unhappy if I don't need to be anymore so I, I don't need to endure things I don't need to so if I'm not then what can I do and I'm not afraid to to start again and yeah. learn things again or, or whatever it might be so so that came as a part of it it was a not quite a Phoenix from the ashes moment, but it, it, it was, uh, it's certainly a big, hard reset. Um, and, and just in a, and
0: a much healthier mental and physical place for it now. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, um, I've always been quite tied to, to London. Um, I've always felt a bit bad about going away and mm-hmm. leaving peace it's, it's, and it's bonkers because I've said to my kids, like, don't be like that. Just if you're able, and you know, if you want to move away, go for it. You know, don't don't be tied down. Hundred percent. I mean, I I um I've, I've
1: kind of travelled quite a lot of my life. My my dad was in British Aerospace in the nineties, eighties, nineties. So we moved to Saudi Arabia just after the first Gulf War. So I was over there for a fair few years. Um, and then ever since then, I kind of have just nomadically moved myself around. So. Um, yeah, I I, I mean, I, I, I don't have much family left in the UK, but I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't have that same tie to it as much as I used to. So yeah, I, like I say, it's,
0: I mean, there's so many Brits over here in Cyprus, you, you know, you, you struggle to learn <laughs> the Greek because everybody speaks English. Well, as you're aware, Jamie, I've got several questions that I ask each guest. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that may not know your work? I mean, I've just just recently turned forty, so I was born
1: in eighty three. Um, grew up with uh, lots of Saturday morning TV. As I said, I grew up in Saudi, so I had a, a big American cultural influence on my childhood as well. Uh, skateboarding, hip hop, break dancing. Like I say, big Saturday morning cartoons like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, um, Disney. Um, so all all of this kind of nostalgic pop culture and pop reference for me is very much what uh the stories i'm telling through my own experiences but at the same time for me it's a universal language because so many people regardless of age gender race whatever it is wherever you were from in the world you will recognize these characters and you will have your own personal association your your own Experience at a certain point in your life of what that character meant to you, or that show meant to you, or those toys meant to you. So it's, it's using for me, it's a universal language of uh, a, a connecting uh, element using these pop culture references. American, I mean, that's some,
0: that's some cultural change, isn't it, from um, Chester to Saudi? Yeah, absolutely. Again,
1: it was, uh, wow. it was a climate change, but um, yeah, it was. But I think. One of the big things I've I've always cherished in that experience at a young age was that it it opened my uh, my humanity and my network of social skills to cultures so far and wide that I'd never have got in Chester or in the north of England. Yeah, you know, I went to an I went to an international school, so I <clears> was there with kids from all over the world, and then you learn about different cultures at such a young age. You learn about how to pronounce people's names correctly and with respect, and how they eat, what they eat. And when you go to the houses, the different things that you have to do. And it was a, it was a really big influence on me in terms of um, kind of having a, a very open mind that I would like
0: to think I've carried through through life in that sense. Yeah, see mine was the opposite to that. Growing up in, like, I grew up in Dagenham, East London, um, East London Essex rather. And because there was no other cultures around I was very closed off and dubious right. of other cultures, and and when I got into a teen, and bearing in mind I've got sort of fifteen years on you, um, growing up, being a, an influential teenager, seventy nine to sort of eighty three, those years, there was loads of racism about, loads of hard times, and unfortunately, that's you know all the guys I knew were were young, white, poor, troubled, looking for a way out. And I have just become one of those, you know, through just through through fucking ignorance, Jamie. Really, and I've, I've, you know, I've never tried to hide it, but it wasn't until working in the clubs, getting contracts in the West End, and then working with other people, and and it, yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, how easy it is to to come away from that, you know, those prejudices.
1: I, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's um sometimes it's just a it's just a switch that people need to. You take them out of an environment or you take a few overly influential elements out and then all of a sudden they're like oh well actually because i like I say we get a lot of expats here and um or british immigrants as they should probably be called and uh <laughs> yeah uh and you know that there are elements you can still see every all, all walks of life but it's really interesting how many of these probably works very hard all their lives saved up to retire to cyprus and then at 60 65 70, you know, they're wearing vests and shorts and they're going out and getting tattoos and they're, they're yeah. kind of, they're completely kind of letting the, the, the layers that they've built up of, of whatever it is, these, these hard skins of, of frustration of, uh, you know, I, woe is me, whatever it might be, they, they start to slowly peel off in an environment where yeah. nobody, nobody's, nobody is giving you a hard time. Nobody's here to make anything more challenging for you. It's It's a positive, nice, welcoming country. So I think... Yeah. That really does have an effect on people's mindsets when they get
0: it. Yeah. Well, like you say, yeah, we're all just a product of our environment, and it aren't we? You know, you you live to in regards to the person around you. Absolutely. But speaking of culture, you paint, as you said, cultural references from your childhood. You you take them out of one environment and pretty much invite them in your own world. Was there any creativity in the home growing up?
1: Um, I, I was, I was obsessed with art and drawing as a kid. It was just, it was what I wanted to do. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it when I was at school. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's what, again, I wanted to go into my parents. My dad obviously was, um, sort of military and, uh, engineering. So not, not so much on the creative side directly from him. My mum enjoyed crafts. So she, she would always be making things. Um, but for me, it was, I, I you'd never find me without a sketchbook, a drawing pad, whatever. None of it was great, but it was, it was just, you know, it was expressionism. Um, and then when I, I finished uh, school, I went to school in Yorkshire, finished there at 16. And then I went back to Chester and moved in with my grandparents because my parents were still living in Saudi at the time. Um, and I went to an art college there, but it, it didn't continue on in the same level. I ended up doing multimedia and design but there was something jarring on the course and i ended up dropping out and it it was then it was then 20 odd years it wasn't until uh april 2020 that i picked up a pencil again for the first time
0: oh wow and
1: yeah literally for the first time but i mean i've always had this creative. like i said 20 years in the drinks industry i my job is to travel around the world creating cocktails and cocktail menus and training bartenders so I've always had a creative output in storytelling and uh, visual presentations in that way, and then bringing in different elements or theater. Uh, I created a a world's first augmented reality cocktail menu back in 2017 or something like that. Uh, And that was all based around art. So I've always had this urge to kind of do it and then kind of sat twiddling my thumbs in COVID. I was just like, okay, and that, Literally, the fire was burned through me and I haven't, haven't put it down since.
0: Just goes to show what that little bit of mental freedom can do for someone. Because so many people, even who I've spoke to on the podcast, are now an established artist because of during COVID. They're going, right, yes. now I've got the time to do that thing I've always fancied doing, you know, on furlough or whatever. What can I do with me time? There, that's what I'm going to do. I think I think that was it. It just gave people a moment to
1: stop and breathe and reflect on what is it I'm doing. You know, in London, you get up at whatever time. You're stressed out before you get on the tube. You're stressed on the tube. You get to work. Then you've got to do it all again before you get home. So you you know you're you're just in this quite literally the rat race of it. And then when all that stopped and people were like, oh, this is my home and I actually live in it and I could spend all that time looking at it and and start to the, the you know idle thumbs I guess to some extent yeah yeah um people being like well what can I do to occupy my mind and that's where the passion and the, the the joy of creativity and creating things comes back out I think and it I think it was I think you know there was a lot of negatives that went along with uh that period of time for society but I think you know if there are other people like myself who found joy or found um uh, you know an, another expression of of doing something that
0: motivates them or inspires them on a daily basis yeah. then you know it's it's only a it's only a good thing that can, can come out of that. So in 2020, you picked up your pencil for the first time. What did you start to do? Did you know then that you wanted to be an artist? Or no, did mate. you just want to create? No, I was just doodling. I, I think I did a um I think I did a picture of Christopher
1: Walken And I was like, oh, that's not I mean it, it it definitely looks shit. I could I could look at it now and be like, oh. But at the time I was like, that's not bad considering. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I don't know, I just kind of started rabbit-holing on Instagram. And I, I, I'm one of those people, I think, I, self-diagnosed adult ADHD. I, on reflection, it makes a lot of sense. But I get into something and I really deep dive. And i everything I've ever done in my life has been self-taught. So I i just watch and I study and i I, I replicate. So I just, from pencil work into stippling um and a lot of the early stuff was kind of like uh, anatomy bones those kind of things yeah 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 um but but using <laughs> images so I, I did like a, a stamp of the queen but it was silhouetted with the skeleton on the inside and things so I was still using things I knew people would recognize and then and then I was like well what what is it that excites me and it was just like well it's I'm a big kid it's still cartoons it's still pop culture it's still toys it's still hip-hop um and it's, it's the positive reinforcements that those brought, you know, those Saturday morning TV shows, like at the end of He-Man or at the end of Mask, there would always be that, uh, be a good person, be a great human being. And I I, I still think that that carries so much. um, And you don't get things like that. I don't think anymore. I mean, everybody talks about Bluey. I've not seen that, um, but I know that one's quite a big influence these days, but I think, yeah, I think it definitely shaped a generation. um, Those, those, those little tidbits at the end of those
0: cartoons. How did that sort of evolve into like what we're looking at behind you at the moment?
1: Uh, so, so again, it was uh, comics has always been a big one. So Batman's means something to everybody and everybody's got that kind of association. And with, with this, this body of work here, um, this is for my show in November. Um, and this is kind of about the, um, so, uh, so to describe anybody who can't see it, it's it's basically a load of children, um, and there will be different children, different genders, different races, all dressed in these kind of homemade superhero costumes, different sizes, and it's about that. Um, everybody will probably be able to look at it and see maybe a little bit of themselves of what it was when you were a kid, who you wanted to grow up to be, yeah, and yeah. that reflection of like you know there's still that inside me, and it's for me it's escapism. It's it's looking at the works because so, I use a lot of very vivid, neon, vibrant colours. Yeah. And it's looking at the works and and for a moment remembering that childhood giddiness, what it meant to you when you watched that, or what it meant to you when you played pretend to play dress up to I want to be Batman when I grow up. I want to be Wonder Woman when I grow up. I want to be Spider-Man. Like it's it, like in my in my career of drinks as well, it was it's all about escapism, you know, like tiki. You go to a bar in Manchester. There's underground. It's miserable. It's wet. It's raining. But you get under there. The smell of burnt cinnamon, pineapple, um, colourful bright shirts, and you forget all of a sudden you're, yeah, you're in it's Manchester. Like theater, and isn't it? Yeah, it's escapism, and I think for me that's what artwork can do and should do. You know, I respect all mediums. And I you know, I like more sombre tones, and and I, they tell a story. But I, I I for me I still want that element of of remembering the innocence of the adolescence the the positivity that you you put yourself back in your childhood shoes and just for five minutes be like oh yeah I remember that I want to do that again and and yeah just embrace that I want people to to not be grown up all the time
0: yeah brilliant love it Let loose. and it just and it is all those from the childhood it's bright colors it's the power of Batman isn't it you know that what? that big flash there and and anything's achievable and you can be who you want if you put that mask on and a superhero if you add a cape to it but it, it's that because when you were a child there was nothing that could stop you there was optimism everywhere
1: the future was ahead of you yeah and it's like we talked about a moment ago is covid maybe gave that hope that glimmer of optimism again where you you take off the mask of adulthood and the the constraints of the day-to-day and you go wow like I could do something I want to do for myself. I could yeah. be creative. I could be happy again. So, I guess that's putting the putting the cowl of of uh, Batman on makes you
0: kind of think, yeah, I can do this if I need to. Brilliant. And when you moved over to Cyprus, your workload was was you did you become an artist when you moved over there? Do you think?
1: I mean, I I fully embraced it as soon as I got here because that was that was that plan then. I'd, I'd done some stuff back in London, sold some prints to friends and family, and I was like, oh, kind of got the got the buzz. But I, I was still doing um, bits of consultation here and there um, just to keep a, a roof over our heads and and food in our uh, fridges. But as the, the last couple of years have gone by, um, I'm, I'm doing less of the bits I don't need to. Maybe once or twice a year I'd, I'd leave to go and do a job that puts some money in the bank, or buys me materials Mm. but the other the other morning till midnight I'm in the studio painting creating doing something um and now like it's nice because commissions are coming in from companies or brands and um and I as I say I've got my second solo show coming up uh interviews with people like you this is first interview I've ever done on this subject I 20 years of the drinks industry I was one of the guys who did Sunday brunch making the cocktails on telly I've Oh, you've done that. I've, I mean, I've out.
0: watched that. I've watched that for the last more than ten years. So, if you've yeah, been yeah, on yeah. there in the last ten years, I would have seen you, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I've I've done that a few times. Presented seminars, like I say, to thousands of thousands of people. But this is the first time I'm actually talking about this part, this chapter of my life. And um, yeah, so it's it's um, it's 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 difficult because I don't like talking about myself in that same and trying to sell it to people because I don't want to sound like I know what I'm on about because so much of what I do I just I make up as I go along and I, I mold and shape and I paint. In the yeah but that...
0: to be fair Jamie I've spoke to people who have been artists for 20 odd years and that's exactly what what they still do you know I mean if, over, just over time you start to develop that sequence of things that you know does work so you stay within those but you know, everyone tries something new, and they all have that um, that sort of air of unconfidence yeah, when they are when yeah. they approach it. Good, grounded feet. Is there, yeah, is there a piece that you've created that's got a, a strongest emotional connection?
1: Um, it's a tough question that one, mate, because I think as I move on to different pieces or different. Um, I guess uh, disciplined to so learning to oil paint now it's the closest I'm starting to feel to being a real painter, a real artist, because I feel that this is a grown-up medium and <laughs> and one that somebody it's might look at it. and be like, oh, now he's a, he's not just spray painting or using acrylics or whatever. But um, I guess I guess some of the some of the pieces I was doing back in 2021, which was the uh, the urban jungle book, they were. That was when I started to feel like I was transitioning from something into an artist that had a style or a technique or a method or a story.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And that was, um, was basically
1: taking Mowgli from Jungle Book and putting them into these urban settings. but. That was almost uh it was almost me putting myself there because i i always saw myself as Mowgli. it's my favorite disney movie growing up uh kind of juxtaposed of this lost little innocent kid in a bigger world of not knowing what's going to happen and all the the challenges around you those characters that are portrayed in different lights um, was me kind of navigating life like i say my parents lived in a different country to me so I kind of found my way through life myself to to a lot of the extent. So it was it was this kind of um putting this little character of innocence into this world of chaos and debauchery and everything that kind of goes with it. So so they they hold a lot to me. But um, I think then moving on to these now, and particularly with the the the, the bigger kids. I was ill as a kid, so I, I put on a lot of weight and got bullied for that. So it's the uh the not being afraid to to kind of start putting in my insecurities or my, my, I guess, my negatives that I felt
0: back then, but obviously shaped me into who I am now. Like you said about the, the Mowgli one. I mean, that's, that's the series that did catch my eye and it's, it was, it was reminiscent. Of, and I may not even put this bit in, but you think of the kids coming over to the UK on them fucking boats at the moment, yeah, you know, absolutely. and that's who I thought of as soon as I saw yours. It's those kids that have come from a, fucking god awful you know a a town of rubble pretty much making their way over here and being met with what they're being met with at the moment you know absolutely yeah exactly absolutely I mean that that was that was a a big it was a big thing
1: at the time for me as well because there's so much been going on in the world and uh, as I say when I grew up around so many different cultures it you know I I empathize with anybody and everybody and then this like you say, these poor, innocent kids are thrust into this world of chaos and unbeknownst and they, they are just little children. And even the adults behind those eyes, you can still see they are lost, they are scared. Um, and they're, 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 there's this,
0: yeah, it's... Um, yeah, they've no a, doubt got the same um, aspirations and, and want to be a superhero and, you know. Yeah, because again, they've all grown up with the same
1: Western culture or TV influences but you don't see that in them when they arrive in our country no. because, or any country, you know, uh, Cyprus as well, uh, because everything is stripped from them. Everything is stripped from them and they, yeah. they're just then cast off with a, a, a disparaging name with a small amount of belongings. You know, they've probably had enough money to sell everything to get onto those boats in the first place. Yeah. All that money is taken from them and they're left with nothing but each other.
0: And a dream. Um, and,
1: and hope, exactly yeah,
0: that, yeah. exactly that. Um. You mentioned there about the oil, like working with oil paints. Um, it's less vibrant, still just as colorful, but less vibrant than, than acrylics or spray paints. Yeah. What was your reasoning to want to go to oils? Was it you that thought that that's what proper artists do, or was it just that you wanted to use a different medium? And, and no, no disrespects when I said that. No, no, that's, no, no, mate. That's what, you know, many people aspire to be doing. I, I, 100%. It's, um, it's a bit from column A and a bit from column B. Um,
1: I, as I say, I'm still, I'm on a journey of learning and I like to experiment. And so trying different mediums or techniques and things and st- even aesthetic styles, for me, it's always part of that growth and different techniques then come together and you learn something from, so learning how to pencil draw Gave me an understanding of what I needed to do with with a face, but I couldn't achieve that with acrylics. So when I started then playing with oil, I could manipulate the paint in a different way. So yeah. that's why I'm, yeah. as you can notice here, I'm I'm making sure that it's it's the lower part of the face that is visible. Everything else is this kind of vibrant, uh, either the, the the mask, the cowl, the the, um, the costume, um, which then feels almost juxtaposed against the the kind of the the classic pale skin or the you know the the, the stripped back classic yeah, yeah. looking m- muted tones of the skin and the face so yeah for me it was um it was just the fact that i can manipulate the oil i, I mean I, I paint a lot with my fingers i don't know if i meant to do that that was something i did as a kid i i find that i can get so much control by by painting oils with my finger and, and shaping it and almost sculpting it in a way that i can't do with certainly not spray paint and certainly not um, uh, acrylics unless I, I had a big retarder to it. Yeah. So for me, it's it's been a different challenge and I'm enjoying it and I'm learning every piece I do, I'm learning more and getting, I feel I'm getting stronger and, and better. So what I'll end up doing probably is before the show, going back over every piece and just <laughs> taking what I've learned by
0: the last piece, I just topping up each and every one of them by the end of it. And do you think that your technique will change
1: um I, I probably i mean I, I i'm i'm very fluid in how i approach everything anyway so i because i haven't got any training i haven't got any
0: good or bad habits to rely on oh man that can be that that can be as good as it can be bad but exactly yeah, very positive but,
1: so i don't i don't know what i'm doing wrong but i'm doing what i'm doing to get the results i'm getting now yeah i think if i if i ended up doing a course a tutor would have a shit fit with me they'd be like why why the fuck are you doing this why who taught you to do that i'd be like i don't know yeah. but it's it's giving me so i guess i'm i'm learning with a completely free mind about what i'm doing and it might get to a point that i'm like well this this actually works well or somebody might be like oh how did you do that that's a really cool thing you should do more of that and i'd be like cool the reality is i'll probably forget by the time i come back next week and go back <laughs> into it and start smudging it with a different finger and it'll come out in a different way or something yeah. like that it doesn't matter how you get there, but that leaves <laughs> you that
0: great exploration of when you do see or watch someone paint. If you watch them on YouTube or Instagram or what have you, sometimes you'll just go, "Ah, that's how," I... and that, that's them beautiful little bits that of Absolutely. them beautiful little bits of discovery. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's yeah. so much to learn.
1: Even going to other people's shows and just, I love getting like you know, my nose onto the canvas to just look at every, because you can then see the brushstrokes, brush you can see how they put the paint on. I'm very much an independent solo artist. I don't really have any other artists. I've got friends that I've made online that, that you know, we've we to each other, but in terms of hanging out with other artists, I've struggled with that here because there are art colleges, but there's a very, there's a specific style of art that's created here, and I don't want to be, Derogatory or dis- disrespectful to anybody, but there, there's are very classic to some extent. But um, it's 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 it, it, it's a very similar. They they all have a kind of the sort of very similar style of artwork here. Um, but then there are a number of, of uh, well-known artists. There's a uh, gentleman um, who's got a show coming up in a couple of days' time that I'm going to. So he's he's kind of, kind of one of the biggest artists on the island. Um, in Where I am in Pathops, uh, uh there's a couple of galleries. Safida, which is who I work with, they, for me, they're probably the, 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 the top end gallery here. But then when you go over to um, Limassol and Larnaca, the, um, the art scene changes. Limassol, there's a hell of a lot more street art, graffiti, um, mural work. In Limassol as well, you've got a lot more Russians, a lot more Germans, um, less of the Brits. Um, so it's 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 a younger, more dynamic uh, art scene over there. Larnaca is similar. And then you've got um, up north in uh, the, the, the northern part of Cyprus um, where there is, there is an art scene there again, but um, I, I haven't been up that way to, to delve into it. But um, where, where we are in Paphos, there are artists here, but there's, there's not much of an art scene. And that's why I'd, I'd love to get my teeth into and, and kind of get more of So I'm hoping that with this next show, kind of get, get more people invited in and trying to, to build something of a, a kind of a, a, a wider group sense of, of what we're doing here. And, um, and then see what happens in the coming year with, with exhibitions
0: and stuff like that. So yours would obviously fit better in that other gallery that you were talking. Where was it, Limassol?
1: Yeah, Limassol way. There's, um, yeah, no, you, you've got more well-known contemporary pop art, urban artists that kind of uh, displayed over that way. So, um, so yeah, I mean, at, at this moment in time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, one of those people who, if, if you give me a branch, I'll, I'll hold on to it and turn and it yeah, into course. a tree for you. So the guys at Safida, um you know, I did my first solo show with them last year, and so I'm, I'm, I'm still working very closely with those guys. But in terms of going into next year, um, I'm hoping to to start kind of spreading my, my wings a little bit more internationally with that sense. And certainly now that I feel the caliber of my work's coming up to a standard, that I might think one of those galleries might be interested what, in working with me.
0: Now you're using oils. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real one you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think
1: it's it, again, there's a massive I guess it's a lack of confidence, a lack of um, uh, knowledge of the industry in that sense, kind of firing out portfolios and then going and then going, ah, I shouldn't have done that because they didn't reply and now I'm embarrassed, so I think we'll see I think hopefully this this next show will do well, and then I can feel a bit more confident about where I approach next year,
0: yeah. Another question, Jamie, if there was you and five other artists past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Do you know, I, I, I listen to this podcast every week and this is the question.
1: I was always like, what the fuck? Who would I invite? <laughs> um, so, do you know, I, I think I'd look, at, I'd look at who I really like the artwork of and who I like the artist. Um, I think um, Ron English would absolutely be somebody I'd love to be in the room with, let alone um, to be sharing wall space with um his satirical observations of society consumerism America in general um, they I, I they resonate with me hugely and his his skill is second to none so uh, absolutely wrong English um I really like uh, do you know Crayola, Greg Simpkins yeah, yeah 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 his his stuff is beautiful I mean it it's I wouldn't call it lowbrow because it's not, it's, it's, it's surrealism, but his techniques. I don't know if you've ever watched his videos on YouTube. He, he films himself time lapsing all of his paintings, and you're yeah. just like, wow, the worlds he builds and the, the way he makes acrylic work the way it does is stunning. So, uh, really big, big fan of his. Um, there's an artist who I really like as well called Super A. Do you know him? No. So, Super A paints, paints, For instance, it'll be um, Disney characters. It'll be Mickey Mouse or it'll be Roger Rabbit. But he paints it as if the character was like uh, an unraveling ribbon. And then in the middle of that. I
0: do, yeah.
1: Yeah. In the middle is like a a photorealistic animal of a rabbit or a mouse. So I love his stuff. Big, big fan of that. Um, I would probably say Matt Gondek as well, because I think somebody who I really latched onto in terms of who they were as an artist and how they're how they run their business as an art he's got an amazing podcast um which goes into the the business of art and it's it's really informative so i've i've listened to that since day one and and taken a lot of inspiration it's been really helpful for me as a kind of a guiding light of what i should or shouldn't know kind of mindsets of going yeah, forward yeah and his artwork's super clean um and yeah and i think um our mate Opaque, I'd love to, to get on the walls with him as well. It'd be, uh, yeah. would
0: sit well next to his, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's, he's a good lad and it's, you know, there are some artists who they just don't really care about connecting and then there are some who actually stop and have a conversation. You, you build something more out of that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to do something with him. That'd be sick.
0: He's good stuff. He's very yeah. good stuff. And what would you do if you wasn't an artist, Jamie? Do you know this? Mate? I think I would probably
1: go into something like teaching. I love teaching. When I I travelled to different parts of the world, uh, rich and poor, when I was educating bartenders um, and giving people life skills that they can carry with, and just seeing it change them, giving them educational tools or whatever it might be, is such a, a rewarding thing that. Um, yeah teaching I think would be something whether it be primary or just continuing to to educate in a different field that I've actually got some skills in Uh, maybe one day art who knows but um, yeah I think that's that's there's something very rewarding about teaching that I would um, I'd definitely jump into if I had the opportunity
0: outside of this. And could workshops be a halfway between that? Uh, Yeah I mean yes I think I think if I got to a point
1: where I could repeat the same thing twice and I felt like it was put put it in a way that somebody else would understand yeah once you realize
0: what it is you're doing yourself then you can pass those skills and knowledge along
1: absolutely mate. I mean I I'm doing a I'm doing a commission for an energy drink drink brand at the moment and they're sending over a a videographer and a, a member of their team to kind of film me in the studio and interview me and make a mini whatever to promote it And I'm panicking so much about them watching me paint because I'm like, this isn't how most people are going to be able to, or should be doing this. And they're going to be, I'm just super conscious about people filming my
0: techniques of how I do shit and people watching it going, the fuck's he doing? Yeah, but that's, yeah, right. Now, that's, if you don't mind me saying, that's the wrong way to think anyway, because it's not the fact that you're doing it wrong, it's you're doing it your way. And... You know, you will have people who will just use quality brushes. You know, they won't use a toothbrush because that works, or a, a scrubbing brush or, a, you know, a dishcloth or something, you know. Mate, I, I, I do everything with two brushes, that's it. There you go. I use those two brushes, I
1: use my thumb, um, I use cotton swabs, and I use kitchen towel, and that's well, kind of...
0: Well, if it's working, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I recommend at least buying a few more brushes to keep in the drawer in case them ones <laughs> break. But other, but other than that, it's it, it's your style. Yeah, man, appreciate So it, it's, it's Jamie Jones there coming to film, and it's Jamie Jones who's going to paint for them. So yeah. don't try and be anyone else or think that you should be, you know. Don't think I'm trying to teach you how to suck lemons there, you know. I, I hey, think to be patronising no, there. Not in the slightest, Gary, mate. Not but, really. Yeah, I appreciate
1: that.
0: And... What have you got coming up? Bearing in mind, this probably won't even come out until November. Now, maybe even a little later than that. Okay. So, um,
1: so as I say, I'm working on this collaboration uh, with an energy drink company who have given me ten vinyl dolls that they want personalising. So that's nice. um, that'll be coming out in November. I have my solo show in Paphos in November. Uh, so that'll be this Bratman series. With uh, my defamation, which is the um, the kind of the the juxtaposed uh, Simpsons or Pinocchio's with the, the kind of the comic book title series. Um, I also am set to do a print release with All-Star Press in Chicago later this year. Oh, yeah. So that's huge for me, I'm very excited about. So um, again, having working now with a gallery internationally recognized
0: in the in the states is. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I I would say that, I mean, now you're not in the UK, I would say that gives you more freedom to look at places like America and and away from the UK. Absolutely. My my social media following is
1: over 50% of it is actually US based. The rest of it is kind of Mexico and other parts of the world. UK is actually only a, a few percent from the enough. That,
0: that's where you
1: want to look at
0: this. Absolutely.
1: I mean, this is screaming out. It, they get the references and the, the, the imagery and the colours, and because it's I guess subconsciously that's what I grew up
0: and that's what I'm putting back out there in the world. Because yeah. you've got to remember, Mexican. like like you said yourself, your influences is American culture from Saudi. I think you're market would be over there where your influences have come from
1: yeah absolutely i mean
0: that's that's the the hope is to to work with more
1: galleries stateside um california seems to be a big big following for me um so la obviously and then chicago and new york seem to be the the three biggest areas so that's how all-star press got in touch they saw my work reached out and i was mind blown yes i'd love to do that so my um my Pinocchio No Strings Attached, that piece is set to do, uh, to be a print release
0: later this year for those guys. So, yeah. I don't know whether you've had that moment yet, but if you're able to step outside of your studio, mentally as it were, and then look back in, you'd see that there's a, a fella there creating some cracking work. Thank you it's so just much that when you're inside that bubble looking out, you're just juggling loads of fucking plates at the moment. Yeah, exactly that. Wood for the trees, as they say, isn't it? Of course, of course. And lastly, Jamie, anyone, how can anyone see what you're doing via either website or social media? So my social media account is at just.jamiejones. That's for TikTok
1: and uh, Instagram, which is where I'm mostly active. Uh, And then my website is
0: www.justjamiejones.com. And, Cyprus is that just where you are at the moment or is that where your roots are starting to um go into the ground do you think
1: yeah so we um so we are set to be here for for a while um no plans to come back to the UK we we're getting married here in May next year nice. uh, so we're, we're kind of setting our lives up here and yeah it's as I say beautiful people beautiful country um cheap beer can't complain, good food. Um, Art materials aren't too cheap, but, uh, you know, apart from that, yeah, no, no plans to be moving on, but we'll see if, if things change in a good way and the career starts to move in a different direction. And I feel that it would benefit me to move to a a city where I could be present in an art scene. Then we
0: would definitely look at that together. And I think, um, you know, start again, Jamie, that's all my questions asked, mate.
1: Thank you very much
0: for your time. And it's been great to, uh, to get to know a bit about you. Thank you so much for your time, man. You're welcome, brother.
1: Superstar, thanks, mate.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. It's a podcast that's produced with the help of the listener. And if you like what you've heard, and you think you might be able to give a little support, there's two ways in which you can do it. If you go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, you'll find a link tree drop-down box, and in that box, you'll find two links. One is called Buy Us A Coffee, and it's pretty much that. You can make a one-off payment the price of a cup of coffee. Or, if you're able and want to do it more long-term, you can become a Ministry of Arts Patreon, where you can sign up to support us on a monthly basis, and 100% of your support goes back into the podcast. And if you're not able to do that, that's absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. But we would urge you to follow us on your socials and show us a bit of love that way. Either way, thanks for listening and see you next time. ta